since we were talking about timing, what do you think the current scenario is in 2023? Where do we, where do we stand when it comes to the future of uh, telecom, not just in Nepal, but around the world, shifting from voice to data? Mm. Let me just pick one specific thing. Where do we stand in 2023? I think most of the operators around the world are facing a huge challenge to evolve. Mm. So the old operating model won't work anymore, and I think everyone knows it for the last 10 years. So different operators are trying different models. Some traditional way of addressing the decline or slow growth is going into the fixed business, going into the mobile financial businesses, mm. going into the digital businesses. So literally following consumer and their needs. These days, consumer is not only about the traditional voice, and it's not even about traditional data. That mm. is the connectivity part. Consumer wants to be taken care in an individual manner, and they want you to offer them things they don't even know they need. So you have to be really intelligent and very customer-centric. So the future of telecom is not necessarily clear, mm. but to survive the industry, and it's not necessarily any operator, to survive, they need to evolve. What that evolution will look like, I don't think I can say, otherwise I would be sitting in different chair in a different <laughs> place, but, but what I know for sure, it will be around reading and knowing your customers better than anyone else and mm. addressing their needs in the best way. So new generation most probably are the one to be watched mm. and be followed. Mm. You go from mass, uh, giving to the masses to giving to that one single customer. And multiply it into millions and billions. Into millions and billions. So yeah. you go back to this, that one person that you're going to go ahead and cater to and then obviously go ahead and reach yeah. millions yeah. and definitely go ahead and reach billions. Very interesting. It's, it's, I, was, I was just thinking about uh, the moment back in the day when, uh, when for the first time I got an Intel SIM card. This is like way, way back. I'm talking about like when, the, when the color was red. <laughs> 15 years ago, not hundreds of years ago, you know. And uh, now, obviously, at that moment, it was all about having a conversation with a friend, mm -hmm. like especially in the evenings, you know. Mm. And uh, I still remember there's so many different packages where you could go out and talk to friends uh, for hours and hours and didn't have to worry about the X amount of money that you Sounds like spend. a girlfriend. You <laughs> exactly. Talking about. Exactly. And now. Free Nights. There you go. There were like specific packages. I was just thinking about it this morning, and now it's all about uh, all about having a conversation online, it's just about data. At least for me, yeah. that's how I feel. Yeah. And um, I don't know if the new generation spends hours on the phone talking to each other anymore. They might be chatting. They might be in different apps, sending voicemails, sending uh, you know selfies. It's just different. Unfortunately, I have to. I have to, you know, admit that you and me most probably are old, yeah. despite still being young. But the new generation behavior is so different. So business has this challenge to move from our generation to the future and see and foresee and address it before demand will become and will be addressed by others. Mm. Mm. So, um, yeah, that makes us come up with different plans, come up with different solutions. So we address those needs because those needs didn't change. People want to talk, people want to communicate, but yeah. how they communicate, is it, is it through voice? Is it through other means? 
is the question that is changed. I mean, the answer is changing every five years. Yeah. This is the beauty about about the industry and uh, consumer business because your consumer and his own preferences are changing. So you have to be agile and being a businessman, you have to really read it in advance before that thing is happening in the market. Yeah, yeah. This is such a such an interesting thing. I was watching about the America. I was watching a documentary on America's Cup uh, for over a hundred years. It was the U.S. that was winning the America's Cup, and then the Australians come in and uh, they win it. And there's a specific moment in this documentary when uh, one of the uh, skipper of the team mentions that you have to read the wind. Before, Before it blows. Before it blows. Yeah. I, I watched it. It's it, beautiful. You know what I'm talking it, about, right? It's beautiful. Right? It's beautiful. But, yeah. yeah. Watching the trend of technology, if I'm not mistaken, if I can uh, specify, put it in this way. Watching the trend of technology, even before the technology is probably produced yeah. or in the process of producing. Yeah. Is it somewhere along that line? It does. It, it is. First of all, in anything, even in your business, you know, you have to you have to know what your customers want before even they realize they want it. That's a production and following the customers, production of content mm. and following the customer. It's not any different from anyone starting from mom and pop shop, right? But coming back to this documentary, um, one of the biggest lessons that is actually coming from it, you will be challenged. And before you're challenged, you have to challenge yourself. And sometimes becoming a champion is it's only the first step. Being there for a long period of time is, and, and proving that you're better and better is, is a bigger challenge to face. Mm. And not many companies actually can do it. Because, because I don't know, it's like they're either feeling com comfortable or they're feeling confident. And then that self-confidence actually puts a bit of relaxation in the processes and that thing as soon as you're in comfort zone you know yeah somebody's sweating more than you you're gone so you know you have to work you have to challenge you have to disrupt yourself and you have to push yourself to be out of comfort zone being individual being a business it doesn't really matter mm. that's that's at least what i believe yeah. based on my own life and lessons i've learned that you know as and i don't know maybe it's a personal mentality but as soon as I feel that things are too good, I'm becoming nervous, realizing that most probably somebody is sweating more than I do. Mm -hmm. Somebody is working more than I do. And here you go. You know, Australian guy will come. <laughs> yeah, the underdogs Australia yeah. too is going to come from yeah. God knows where with a, yeah, with a fantastic boat. But yeah. it, w it was a technology as well. Yeah, it was. A, the, I mean, your skills. Yeah. Your ability to read the future plus the technology, because their boat was that ahead of time. That yeah, yeah. wing that they put in there. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. it's a combination. It can't be that you're the best in your skills, and you are. You know, you have to be perfect across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the documentary. It's a very interesting documentary. Very, very interesting documentary. Yeah. When was let's get started. When was the when was the first time you used a, a mobile phone? Oh man. Let's go back. I think it was maybe 2005, no, 2000, 2003, 2002. So about 20 years After ago. university? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, was, I wasn't born in rich family, so it was kind of middle class, mm. right? And phone, even in my country, was quite expensive. Communication was quite expensive. I remember I had a friend who was 
wealthy, and he had he had the first mobile phone, so it was a big thing for us. Mm, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, oh, you know, Tajikistan is the first, in uh, I think, impossible. one of the first countries that launched 3G. One of the first countries that launched 4G in Central uh, in ce- Asia. Not Central Asia. It's in almost in the world. Oh. In Europe, in post-Soviet countries, were number one who launched the new technologies. But it has a reason behind that because the regulatory environment was a bit favorable and not that strict in controlling. So licensing, frequency, you know, the country of seven or eight million had nine operators at the beginning. Hmm. So the competition, the spirit of innovation was really high. And these days we have we're four, two of them are global, but uh, number one and number two are local companies, used to be local companies. Hmm. So it is very interesting. I mean, I think the country, and I'm the product of the country, meaning I'm product of the country, product of the industry, product of those days. I was trained and I, was, I had an advantage because my country was number one launching in new technologies that allowed me to monetize those skills and translate it into international experience. Right from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, so let let me go back to the question itself. So, first time you used you you saw a mobile phone. Let's start with that. You oh, saw man. a mobile phone, something that uh, was away from a landline. It wasn't. It wasn't the. It wasn't the mobile phone. It was a mobile phone, but it wasn't the cellular phone. Hmm. What I'm trying to say, those <clears throat> those early days radio phones with a huge antenna, yeah, yeah, yeah. same that you can actually put the, your own antenna and you would be like one kilometer or oh, five yeah, kilometers yeah. radius. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had that phone. I bought it myself. I put the antenna, and I was like, it was really cool thing to have. You know, that plastic phone. It was like it was really weird. So it wasn't mobile phone. It was radio phone with a wide range of coverage, maybe a kilometer. Yeah, uh, that was my first experience, first exposure. I never knew that I'm going to be in this business. I mm. never thought I would be in this business. But uh, then, then I bought. I think I bought the first. The first phone was. Then my mom had a phone from the company that was Nokia, that famous Nokia thirty three ten or whatever. The phone that never breaks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, then I think I bought the first. The first phone was Samsung. Yeah, I can't remember the model, but it was like fancy small. Yeah, the first time I saw it, it was in Tashkent. Now I remember. Oh, yeah? Come on. Who would ask this question? <laughs> I didn't think about this for 20 years. Now you've brought all those memories. It was a tiny, tiny phone of this size. And it was a Korean guy who was using it. And I was like, what the heck is that? It was, it was nice. For the first time, I saw. For me personally, I yeah, saw that, that big one. That yeah, big one. Yeah, yeah. That the, big one. Yeah, that big. That big one didn't impress me. Meaning, it's big. It's. It wasn't yeah. fancy. It was yeah. very expensive. Five thousand dollars or whatever. I mean, the huge yeah, Nokia yeah, one, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my friend had that too, but I was like, ah, I won't carry that two kg thing with me. Mm, mm. But what 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 really impressed me, and I thought, okay, it looks like this is the future. Is that that experience with Korean guy? Interesting. I remember reading of, uh, sorry, watching a video of uh, Steve Jobs, if I'm not mistaken, when the iPhone came out, and uh, somebody asked him, like, do you think this BlackBerry is ever going to get replaced? And uh, because at that time, everybody was using the BlackBerry. Most probably the whole business community was using BlackBerry at that time. And then his answer was, the customers are going to decide. 
uh, if they want to use the iPhone, I'm, I'm probably not going to decide. The customers are going to decide mm-hmm. once everything rolls out. I believe when the when the cell phones came out, coming back to our conversation, when the cell phones came out, the small one that you were talking about, mm-hmm. the person where the person was using at the time, I don't think. Uh, anybody realize that the landlines are going to get probably changed towards something in the palm of our hands? Mm-hmm. And but it did happen, and we decided that we're going to go ahead and move from a, a, a wired phone towards uh, mm-hmm. a non-wired phone. <coughs> <coughs> to be honest, you know, I I remember being a kid, mm-hmm. maybe five years old or six or seven, whatever, right? And uh, TV was restricted in my family, meaning you can watch TV only for a few hours mm-hmm. and you would be pushed to go to bed because of the school. It's like, and I remember being in my bed under the blanket and thinking, why the hell I cannot have a, why the hell we cannot have a small screen that you can watch TV in your bed under the blanket being hidden from your parents. And here you go, 20 years down the road, most of the kids are doing that. So. When I was talking about the new generation, mm-hmm. when I was talking about their ability to dream, you know, I learn a lot from my kids and I learn a lot from the younger generation. Because if you're going to watch their behavior, if you're going to break down their dreams, you might be able to find that killing application. Mm. Okay? Because another thing, I remember my dreams when I was a kid, thinking if car is driving, why the energy of wheels cannot be translated into energy that can drive the car. Mm. You know, now being 40 plus years old, I'm thinking those thoughts, somebody managed to materialize those dreams, Elon Musk, you know, Steve Jobs. So it, it starts with the dream. It starts with the mindset that actually ad- addresses the pain points or possible preferences human being has that in business translates into consumer needs. Mm. So coming back to the statement that Steve made on customer will decide, customer will decide everything. Customer will decide the future, customer will decide everything. So in any business, customer is the king. Mm. And in, in Ansel, that was the only unself success. And mm. I think if Ansel is a company, and I'm saying if, but while I'm there, customer reading the customer, understanding the customer, working with the customer, working with those customers who are actually complaining, so difficult customers, you might be able to address the future. Mm. And that's the only path for you to stay best and get even better. Mm, move ahead with time and definitely go ahead and face all the challenges yeah. and the questions too, and then yeah. make it better and work on them. Very interesting. Was this your mindset when you were growing uh, <coughs> and when you were studying in college as well, when you were growing up? How was the mindset back in the day? Um, definitely, it wasn't that advanced as of today. Yeah. But um, but what I was what I was trying to develop in myself is ability to analyze and ability to see things in perspective. So from this perspective, I can see the thing this way. But if I'm going to move from the back, it will be completely different. But it's still the same thing. Yeah. So I knew for sure that subjective view is still subjective, so develop objective view. And if you, kiss, if you will train yourself to develop the skill that will allow you to see things differently or see things from opportunity perspective, that might be a superpower or something that you can differentiate yourself from the rest. Yeah, yeah. So 
did I think that consumer is the king when I was like teenager? Maybe, maybe not. But um, I have a marketing background, so for me, reading the customer, yeah. you know, identifying the majority mm-hmm. and their preferences was always an interesting subject. So interesting. You were in marketing uh, in your home country itself, right? In uh, telecom, if I'm not when, mistaken. When, yeah. When I came into the business, yeah. marketing was the first step I made. My background is economics yeah. as such. But when I was a teenager, the first job I had was more in an uh, NGO or international non-government organization. So I used to do peace and conflict studies. So conflict prevention, facilitation, mitigation of the conflicts. So I know a bit about the conflict, uh. and I know that conflict can be good and bad. And and I've learned a lot of lessons. I've been trained as well to read the needs of different parties and find the common thing that can actually bring them in, into the table of negotiations and further into the peace deal. Mm. From a very young age. Yeah, I mean, the the, the city I was born uh, based in Fergana, and it's like quite complex because we have same valley divided between three countries sharing the resources sharing the land not clear map i mean not clear borders borders so and it's a mix of different nations different cultures yeah too, and we have, yeah mm-hmm. we have enclaves meaning that you know the the land of country a can be placed on country b populated by uh ethnic major majority will be country three so it's you can can you imagine like Nepal has a land in India populated by Bhutanese and it's on the territory of India so it's it is quite complex and it's surrounded by the different countries so it's island mm. it's enclave mm. so uh, yeah when you meet those people they have a lot of a lot of things in common but when it comes to resources sometimes that becomes difficult to address so you know even in the family sometimes we fight for the for the toys when we're kids with, with our own brothers and mm. sisters. And then parents step in as a, as a, you know, facilitator to say, okay, what exactly you need? Okay, I need, I need a will. Okay, I need, I need a car. So you can actually give them what they need, but they're not realizing that they're fighting for different things. Mm. So talking to people, understanding what exactly they need, and maybe, maybe that actually evolved into marketing and what customer wants, mm. you know really trying to break it down and understand your opponent or understand your customer what exactly you want because sometimes we even don't know what we want we want to be respected or we want to be called by name you know it's mm-hmm. like those minor things might throw us out yeah that's so true right one single word can definitely go ahead and make yeah, a big difference yeah and it difference. might be it might be the the misinter- mis- yeah. no misinterpretation mm-hmm. majority of the conflicts are miscommunication and misinterpretation i didn't mean that but this is what you said. Mm. But I didn't mean it. And the, for, and the first person to go out and say, sorry, and let me address this. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> so interesting. And uh, basically, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, one of your first places where you visited uh, outside your home country and worked was Nepal itself? Yeah, I mean, some of my friends know the joke I'm, I'm practicing these days, and I'm saying I was born in Nepal, and people looking at me is like, come on, you were not born in Nepal. But, but to be honest, um, I was professionally born here. Yeah. Meaning this was the first um, overseas country where I got a job. Yeah. And it was a first big exposure that I was experiencing from 
cultural shock perspective and then from professional perspective. So I, I truly believe professionally as a as an international manager, I was born in Nepal. You're born in Nepal. That's that's so good to know. And our conversation a couple of uh, a week ago, I believe, when we were sitting down at your office, was something very similar to this as well. Jabra. Thank you so much for coming back again. And thank you. Uh, thank you very much for being here. What was your experience for the first time when you were landing in uh, Kathmandu? Not now, uh, previously. First time when you were here. You know, I'm uh, maybe maybe it's again. Mm. You know, every personality is different. Okay. It's the same country, but the first impression is so different for different people. Mine was, wow, this is paradise, okay? And I know some friends of mine who would come here and they would, they would tell me how you live here. It's like, come on, man, you have no idea how great this country is, right? And, um, and it's not only about Nepal. It's every single country in this world has hidden treasures that you, if you have a skill, you, you will be able to discover. So it's mm. nothing, I mean, it is, has to do a lot with the country, but it's your attitude that defines your happiness. Meaning, when I came here, I loved the country. I came back for the second time. I came back for the third time. And I know so many people who actually did the same and they would love and they stay and live here. And this is, they declare this place as a home, right? Nepal is a unique place. Uh, my first impression was just positive. Mm -hmm. Good people, great company. Yes, it's different. That makes it even more attractive, right? And I had, I had yeah, I had best time here. Otherwise, why would come back? Yeah, why would you I'm, come back, right? <laughs> yeah. No, but then professionally, yeah. it was really great. I learned a lot of things here. Mm. I learned a lot of things here. I met a lot of good people, really good people, who, who taught me to be happy. Because the rest of the world, some, I mean, even developed, mostly developed countries, I think they miss, they miss, they're missing this real, <clears throat> real purpose. Leave, do good, karma, you know, it will come back. It's like, it, that that's philosophy is so close to my heart. Beautiful. How long were you here uh, in, mm. back in the day, in 2010, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, uh, the first time I was here, two years-ish. Yeah. Two years-ish. Uh, I was here with the family. Um, yeah, two years. How, 2010, 11, 12, uh, that period was, uh, how, how was that period for Encel when you were here? I, th I think those years were one of the best years yeah. because first of all, the purple was introduced. Secondly, the business was just booming and growing. The things we did to, you know, from marketing perspective, from product perspective, from campaigns and promotions perspective, from branding perspective, you know, you name it. Mm. It was like nonstop and everyone would enjoy working for hours around the clock and the effort would have really good returns. Meaning you would see the results. Our market share was doubling, tripling. Our revenue was growing. Customers were really appreciating what we do. But as I told you, coming, coming as a disruptor, coming into the greenfield, mm. coming with technologies and coming from the future is, is easy. The real game is actually today when things are a bit stagnant that things now, it's it, it quite opposite because you do maybe 10 times more and maybe in a way better manner, but the returns are not as good as they used to be, 
right? And um, and demand of the consumer is actually just increasing now. It's like now it's a different ball game, and I think I think for any professional, mm. this is a great challenge to face. Uh, there is a high probability that you might not crack this, you might not succeed, right? But come on, I think I think the opportunity to have uh, the best opponent and the biggest challenge to face is mm. is a great opportunity for people like me. Meaning, the more complicated the task is, more uh, adrenaline we have. It's like okay, of let, let me deal, let me of deal. Course. And and the you know the, the um, another mindset which is very important and. Uh, and I think was critical uh, in my professional career is you might fail, but it doesn't define who you are. You have to stand up and keep trying, keep going, because because uh, that what defines the real winner. When you when you when you fall down, there's a saying in uh, in our home country, "You never say Lord said." That means if you're walking, you will fall down. Absolutely, but you'll get up again and you walk again. Yeah, uh, I mean. Mistakes and failures are the first indicator of those who are doing something. Yeah. I had a coach who would say, I'm unbeatable, and would be, what do you mean you're unbeatable? You will be, you will lose one day, and he would say, I wouldn't fight it with anyone. He was like, sure, you won't, but you won't win anywhere. Meaning, if you do something, there is a high probability of you to fail or do the mistake, but fine. You're doing something, keep doing. Mm. 13 years ago, um, on today's date, when, when we talk, talk in 2023, back in 2010, what is the situation like? Was data, was data the, uh, did we ever imagine that data is going to kind of take over and people are going to talk over the internet rather than talk through a voice? I think, um, <clears throat> I think industry missed it. Hmm. And I'm talking about telecom industry, right? That's why we have OTTs booming. That's why we have so many platforms, digital platforms that use data as a mean to come up with the product. Data is not the product. Data is, it's just a pipe. It's like electricity. Mm. But what you're going to do with this, create the mic, mic, TV, that is the product. So that what is, it becomes a commodity now. We are, you know, utility provided to a certain extent. But mm. now, it, as I told you, the industry is challenged. And can we become solution provider? Mm. So did we foresee that data will overtake? Most probably, yes. Mm -hmm. Maybe not the majority, maybe not the decision makers. But yeah, industry missed the opportunity to actually translate the data and penetration of data into the product. The real product. We thought data is a product. Mm. It's not. Mm. 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 Wow. Uh, so, all right, developing nations, right? Uh, this, this, this is something that I really wanted to discuss with you about. Was in a span of 13 years, uh, I'm just talking about from the moment you were here uh, till obviously now you're back. Of course, you've been to uh, various different countries as well, in the islands too. Yeah, Developing nations uh, as well, the transition that you saw there, could you just go ahead and share with us how was it when you were CEO in uh, 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 the islands? In Trinidad, in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, uh, in Jamaica, right? How, how was it there as, uh, as individuals in different parts of the world uh, seeping into telecom? One common thing 
uh, I've experienced personally yeah. and I feel really proud is in any country, in any nation I worked, telecom companies are really well respected and appreciated, mm. meaning Digicel, the company I worked before in Jamaica and Trinidad, mm. they are well-recognized brands and appreciated because they came, liberated the market, made the phone affordable, made access to the rest of the world through data and internet affordable. That's the same story applicable to Encel. Mm. Came, liberated, gave the data, gave access to the information, education to the rest of the world. So new generation now doesn't need to travel to know about US, see how it looks, you know, know anything they want to know. Mm. You and me most probably could find it in the paper or book. And then uh, I'm not sure if we were big fans of books and going to the library. <laughs> now, it's, now it's so accessible, yeah. meaning that new generation has that advantage. That is the progress. So companies like Encel made a huge contribution in, uh, in any country they operate. And some of those contributions are... Uh, recognize some of them are not hmm. but it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist you know what i mean hmm. so and it's uh, i think it's scientifically proven that uh, telecom industry has about few points of gdp correlation so the growth of economy is dependent early days when it was just a voice call i think it was it was more about basic need of the human being communicating we need to talk to each other mm -hmm. we need we can't be alone mm -hmm. right we need someone so that was the thing and then it became into you know amount of lives this industry saved because in emergency you call and that call might save the life we never realized that of course not. <clears throat> amount of uh, positive moments it gifted or enabled people to have calling and hearing the voice of your loved ones we do not recognize that, but during the difficult times, you want to talk to someone, your best friend, your wife, your mother, you call, right? And who made it possible? Because, you know, maybe 30, 40, 50 years ago, you would walk to the station, if not drive for a few weeks to get to someone you would like to see. Mm. So now it's, I mean, those days, these days, everything is enabled. You can have it. I'm, 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 I'm an expat for the last 10 years, mm. and I'm... Uh, I'm very close to my parents. I'm very close to my family. So how do you think I'm surviving? I'm having video calls, I'm having calls, and I feel like I'm with them every day because my day starts with a call to my parents. And they feel good. You know what I mean? They're feeling connected. They're not worried. They know mm. he's good. Mm. I'm feeling good and I'm set for the day. So those things we do not value, but they do exist every day, every single minute we actually use the phone. Yeah, yeah, you do that uh, almost on a daily basis. Talk I, to your parents. Yeah, yeah, it's great. That's fantastic. I'll take I'll take that a, a little bit of that from you too. <laughs> no, but then, <coughs> yeah, that's that's how I. You know, it depends how you grow up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was. I think. I think we are the product of our society and our parents. They made us who we are. They they injected and trained the good values. And the way you think. So majority of those things have been done by them. That's very, very well put. One term that you use that I want to kind of talk about it. Telecom 
is respected? You, you said telecom is respected in majority of the countries that uh, you were part of, right? Mm. Uh, in the islands too, and here as well. How is it? How is it now? Do people take uh, take uh, organizations for granted? <clears throat> like it is a because all, now it's a part of your life. You know, consumer behavior. Yeah, we drink the coffee. And we don't know how much effort was put behind this. A lot. Okay. It's like, it's, it is consumer behavior. It's not something we have to feel sorry about. It's not something we have to really take close to our heart and, and kind of why I'm not respected. No, you have to continue doing what you do. And you're driven not by recognition. Even that's the basic need of human being, being recognized. And it, it is applicable to the business as well. You do it because you believe in things. I know I'm giving millions of happy moments every single day, if not every single hour. Mm. Nepali people, any country I work, that's what drives me. That's what I believe in and that's what I appreciate. And that's more than enough. I know it. Yeah. Right. So from a recognition perspective, sometimes uh, I don't know. It's like I think I think Ansel here is recognized. And uh, and I think Ansel did so many great things that people remember. And I think that actually creates the expectations. You know, when, when you're the best, people expect you to act as the best. Mm. And that puts a bit of pressure to the, to the company because I don't think that, I mean, if you're going to put the expectations to the same players in the same industry, I think, unfortunately, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm too subjective, but I think expectations from Ansel is somewhere here. Mm. That, that is good. And that's a huge level of responsibility. So... Um, Whenever you're better than others, but still not as good as my expectations, I'm kind of a, come on, you could, mm. do, be- you could do better. Mm. So, so it, comes to, it comes to the my interpretation of the expectations. But when it comes to recognition, yeah, I think we, we're recognized. Uh, we're recognized by different, by different stakeholders, maybe someday more, someday less. But uh, definitely not neglected, which is good. And, uh, and I think with future with further support of different stakeholders, including government, regulator, mm-hmm. and cell can play critical role in developing Nepal, or at least contributing to that digital future or advanced future we all envisioned when it comes to our nation, when it comes to our country. Digital enhancement, right? That's the word that uh, I like using, digital enhancement, transformation. We can, we can call it any way we want it. Um, by far, we have the technology now, and uh, we have to grow, mm-hmm. and we are ready to accept. I have a feeling that with our penetration rate of mobile phones in the country, we're, we're ready to uh, get hold of the latest technology that's provided anywhere in the world, in, even in Western nations, mm-hmm. we're ready to go ahead and accept that and uh, utilize it for our benefit in Nepal itself. Um, slightly, when you, when you were here in in your first term in 2010, were we ready, were we accepting uh, technology? How was it then and how is it now? Just to compare, if you had to reflect back. When you say we, do you mean? We as in all of us, like how? Consumer. Consumer, consumer, consumer. Absolutely. I mean, Mm. 2G, 3G, 4G. Exactly. That adoption was driven by consumer. Mm. Okay, I need faster internet, that's why I prefer 4G. Right, OLT. Um, so I think adoption and readiness 
of the market is always there. And obviously, players like Encel, they play a huge role in driving the penetration and adoption. Because, for example, if I'm going to, if Encel will launch 5G and will provide the coverage, people will start actually looking for 5G phones. Currently, only 1% of Nepali population or my customers have 5G enabled phones, right? So what I'm trying to say, <coughs> if, if we're launching 5G, if it's a coverage in Kathmandu, many people will say, okay, next phone they will buy, it's going to be, the request is going to be, I want 5G, because I want to leverage the opportunity and write the best technology that is provided in the country. So it didn't change mm. answering your question. Right, but then uh, the logical question is going to be why the 5G is not launched, Jabor is like you see, or when the 5G is going to be launched. All those questions will come, right? Um, and then it becomes a bit more complicated because mm. industry, as I mentioned initially, is very capital intense. It needs a lot of investment. So, for example, to launch 5G in a good quality with good coverage, we're talking about millions, if not hundreds of millions. Right. All across the, all across Nepal, yeah, or just in let's say we pick a city and no, we start it, off from it there. It depends. Let's assume ten million versus hundred million. You know, we, we're still talking not about ten thousand dollars. We're mm. talking about millions, right? And when you when you as a business, it, when to invest, you have to have muscles, meaning you have to have cash. To generate that cash, the industry has to continue maintaining the profitability and making. It's like business aspect. So what I'm trying to say, the industry of the course of the last few years was struggling because, because revenue per customer is going down, profitability is struggling. I mean, and it's not only, it's across the world and it's not an exception for Nepal. So there is a huge work that main players, including Encel, along with the regulator mm. and minister and government have to do to create that favorable condition to afford the new technologies, because now it's a question of affordability, and it's not consumer affordability, it's affordability of the business to reinvest. For example, um, all of us fly to Dubai, most of us, right? Dubai has 5G, meaning you can experience 5G. But uh, at the same point in time, the same Nepali person who is in Dubai pays about, I don't know, 30 to 50 US dollars a month for the mobile phone. That gives a huge return to players in Dubai that translates into the ability to reinvest back into the latest technology. Mm. So if we as a country, if we, <coughs> excuse me, if we as a society, we want the latest technologies, <coughs> we, have to, we have to ensure that the industry is healthy, wealthy, and capable. So it's a, it's, it is a work of regulator, it's a work of the main players. Because initially when, when 2G was launched, everything was booming. Taxes, revenues, everything, the capability to reinvest in 3G was there, capability to reinvest in 4G was there. But now last five years, it's like it, the industry is struggling. And it's not necessarily only for Nepal, across the world, mm -hmm. exception few countries, right? That now the question is different not only for the business to answer, yeah. but uh, to society as such. It's a far-sighted vision. Obviously, it, I'm, we're talking about a lot of money here, so I don't want to get into that, but it's a far-sighted vision, right? If you go ahead and provide the technology, people will go ahead and accept it. 
that's the same thing that happened from when we switched from landlines to uh, cell phones. I'm sure once we made that pivot, people went ahead and bought mobile phones. Uh, yes and no, uh -huh. and I will tell you why. Mm -hmm. uh, five years ago, the revenue per customer was more than revenue per customer today. Even five years ago, we had maybe two, maybe not five, ten. We had only one technology or two technologies, mm -hmm. two and three G. Now there are three networks: two G, three G, four G. It's like way more costly to maintain, way mm -hmm. more costly to run. But the revenue per customer, I mean, the customer somehow is really sensitive. We are comfortable to pay for one cup of coffee, but we kind of, we think 100 rupees or 300 rupees is like too expensive. You know, it has pros and cons. We just need to find the right balance to afford the good quality of service. Mm. Afford meaning we have to continue providing the good quality of service to, to Nepali people. And we have to afford to provide the latest technology. That affordability of the of of that is a really big question to answer. Uh, before I jump into this, uh, we're just uh, we're just uh, looking into how things were in India and let's say Bangladesh, right? Obviously, uh, they have the second largest uh, 5G network in uh, the planet, if I'm uh, not mistaken. India. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to get into details of the telecom company, and obviously Bangladesh is also signed rule out if I'm not mistaken yeah. you'd know this better right what would be the favorable conditions for us to go ahead and have the latest technologies in the coming uh, future I mean let's make it very clear we actually have the latest technology in Nepal uh -huh. we have some opportunities to with the low hanging fruits that has to be worked out with the regulator mm -hmm. to improve the quality 4G we have 4G advanced that we can activate you know there are a few things we can do with this Before, right away. Yeah, right away. Uh -huh. um, when it comes to countries with 5G, right, um, for example, India case. Initially, they went all the way down with the prices, price wars, many players. Then, then they went through the merger. Now, few companies coming together because they cannot afford anymore. That merge and increase of price. I think they don't have pay-go these days. It's like you have to be on plan. You have to be on monthly Mm -hmm. recurring cost or revenue to to have the phone mm -hmm. that gives that affordability back to the operator to reinvest mm -hmm. that's exactly what i'm talking about i think that india might be a closed case to be studied what should happen we these days we're talking about the third operator i don't mind right but the thing is can the country of this size with the purchase power of this size Because the third one is the pie, which is shrinking, has to be divided. And as soon as it's divided, is it going to be, are we building the capability to reinvest into new technologies? It's going to get diluted more? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to get diluted more or sooner. Because initially it was diluted in India. That was covered with the growth. But mm. as soon as growth slowed down, those whatever companies became three or four main companies. And uh, they actually introduced the I mean the regulator introduced the minimum price you have to pay to afford the SIM card and India is not the richest country in the world but the scale and that afford uh, that that those um, there's those few really strategic moves from the regulation that helped the industry 
to afford the new technology because in, in return, most probably the government and regulation said, okay, we want you to give to make sure that India will have the latest technologies because they understand the contribution or the, the share of technology in future success of the nation. Uh, I'll put it this way. I, just sticking with 5G for a second, I've used that technology. I want that technology accessible to almost everybody here in the future. Yeah. It's something else. It's out of the world. It's super fast. Let me just put it that way. No, no. I, listen. <laughs> it, it is super fast, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, in Nepal, even with 4G technology, there is an opportunity to give the quality of service that average consumer mm -hmm. won't feel the difference between 4G and 5G. 5G. Mm. 5G, it's mostly for advanced IoT things that are happening, you know, the, the, the machine things that need the low latency and high speed. As a human being, HD quality thing, you can still, I can still address it with 4G. Mm. With enough spectrum and a few other tricks I can do with the support from the regulator. So, but coming back to your statement that everyone should have the latest technology, I, that's my mission. I'm with you. Same. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I mean, if that technology exists, that technology is built for, for, for people. It's not built for selective people. Mm. You know, it's like built for everyone. So my mission from day one or Encel mission from day one was make 2G affordable to everyone, 3G affordable to everyone, 4G affordable, 5G, and even 6G that doesn't even exist. The mission is to make it affordable to everyone. 6G, this is the first time I'm hearing this. <laughs> I mean, it, it's going to come. <laughs> no, no, but the thing is, uh, in a lot of in labs, 6G exists, and maybe some labs are already working on 7G. 7G. Yeah, so the beauty of this industry, come on, 20 years ago, we didn't have 2G. So 2G 20 years ago, and here you go, we don't give to the new generation 2G. What the heck is this? Nobody's going to take it. And we're talking about the technology. So mm. whatever investment business did in 2G yeah. these days, it's yeah. kind of garbage, scrap. Vision of a digital Nepal. We're, we're, we're reading up on, a couple of days ago, we were reading up on uh, like 100% digital nations, right? Of course, there are a few nations that uh, come up on a simple Google search. Vision of digital Nepal. If, if you could, um, if you could just imagine that, what would be that for you? Everybody having probably a smartphone, or what would be that for you? You know, there are countries in the world mm. where there is no paper required. There are countries in the world that there is no cash required. There are countries in the world where you actually can do everything through your phone, or you can do it in a very customer-centric manner with few clicks. Mm. Okay, so Digital Nepal for me is the customer-centric society that enables everything in few clicks and in a very simple manner. That saves time that can be reinvested into the productivity. That translates into GDP. So the waste of time into some bureaucratic things of the single human being multiplied as savings into 30 million can give the muscles and power of the country to spend it on something more meaningful. So Digital Nepal for me is eliminating all that inefficiency that possibly exists in any process, mm. any process, you name it, right? So, 
And, um, and Ansel has a vision to be a strategic partner and do everything possible to help the government, help the leaders to accelerate that digitization, mm -hmm. digitalization. Where do we stand now? There's a lot of work to do. Um, absolutely, huge amount of work. I mean, with all due respect, any, any paper you see, any paper you have to sign these days mm. is an opportunity to be digitized. So you can tell me how many times you have been, I mean, how many times you're actually experiencing those things, like dealing with the paper. Mm. And um, for example, if you want to change your passport, how long you have to stay in a queue? How long you have to, you know, collect hundreds of papers and, you know, multiply it into all these procedures you have to go through? Mm. That's, that can be done digitally these days. In many mm. countries, I can order my passport through the app and it can be delivered anywhere. You know what I mean? It's like there are, there are good cases mm. that can be replicated. And obviously, it, it's not that easy as possibly it sounds, but it's durable. It's just about bringing right stakeholders who can help you to make it happen, bringing them around the table and say, okay, we're going to make it. We're mm. going to do it. It's commitment. A lot of friends uh, might be thinking about, ask, ask him about the cost. Is the cost ever going to go down? <laughs> Are the prices ever going to go down? Is that ever going to happen in uh, a population of uh, 30 million? What's the future like? Are the prices of, uh, not just data, I'm not just picking up on data, but since we've talked about so many different mm. things and challenges and hurdles, What's going to be the future like when it comes to uh, spending X amount of money per month or per year? If we, if we want to be at par with the developed countries, yeah. and I will say something what I'm not sure will be liked and appreciated, right? If we want to have the quality, if we want to have the latest technology, we have to think about actually increasing the prices. I'm, so, I'm sorry to say it. that, but as I, when I was talking about the affordability, and it's not being greedy. It's about reinvestment capability and ability, right? Because uh, at the end of the game, it's business, and shareholders will have their own questions, but it's about the right balance. And primary mission of Ansel was liberating and making it affordable. And I think that mission was successfully fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Come on. Every single person has few SIM cards these days. Every single person, and it's not only Ansel, but I'm talking about the players, right? We liberated the market. We make it affordable. If you're going to check, it's it's not necessarily the most expensive mobile phone in the world. In the world, mm. so it's one of the cheapest. And that, as soon as you're going to go to the cheapest, then the quality will be equal to cheap. And I think if we talking about the quality, if we want to be at par with the Premier League or best countries, cheapest is short-term strategy. So, talking about the, I mean, iPhone is not cheap, and I'm not comparing myself to iPhone. But what I'm trying to say is. The, cap the cap capability should come with affordability, meaning it's the right balance. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think going further down in industry mm. is not doing a favor to the nation. So as a responsible business, I think, I mean, it might serve my needs. Customers will be happy. Maybe, maybe short-term revenue will go up, whatever. Mm. But the return won't be there which is going to kill the opportunity of deploying new technologies, addressing the quality of service things. And, and I think we all do agree that we're kind of expecting more and better and faster. Mm. 
it comes back to, come on, I'm, I'm so skinny now. I have no muscles. I, it's not about Ansel again, but what I'm saying is, yeah, we have, to, we have to really find the right balance to make sure that we can, we as big players, we can come up with the really latest technologies and address the needs of the customers with a good quality of service. But at the same point in time, customer has to be responsible, meaning the amount of value this industry gives is definitely more than a cup of coffee. So am I paying more than a cup of coffee a day? Definitely not. I'll give you an example. I, I totally understand. I'll give you an example. Whenever I travel outside this country, I go ahead and use your roaming service in majority part of the world. And it's more affordable than... It's, exactly. That's what I was getting into. This is not me trying to go ahead and endorse uh, the brand. It's just the technology that I use, and it's just a service that I use. I've used it from the moment I found out that uh, there is unlimited data for X amount of uh, rupees that I go ahead and spend, and it's going to be... In majority of the countries, it's more affordable for me to go ahead and just use and sell than get a uh, provider from that specific country. Now, now you understand how much we sacrifice to address your needs and make, make it affordable even globally. So Ansel is not only in Nepal. But what I'm trying to tell you is, and that's not the secret, I traveled to Dubai and my local SIM card cost me more than my roaming with Ansel. Exactly. You, you know, it's like it's, it's nonsense. It is nonsense because uh, it's good for the customer. But again, as I told you, it's a short-term gain for the customer because at the end of the game, we're just, we're just taking too much energy from the operator to reinvest into new technologies. We're happy now. It's not short, uh, long-term. Let me pour a little bit of water, uh, no, hot, water, hot water for you and the coffee. Or do you want more coffee? Yeah, it's up to no, you. It's good. Hot water is good. Thank you. You're most welcome. Uh, yeah, no, the the future, obviously, there's a lot of, uh, lot of challenges, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's not a, there's no shadow of a doubt on that. What's the new thing that's going to be rolling, going to be rolled out in the coming foreseeable uh, future? I'm talking about a year, maybe a year and a half, two years. What's, what's next for us? Not the world, just in Nepal. What next is coming oh. from Intel? Um. What I can say, it's going to be a lot of interesting things because my personality won't allow me to stand still, right? <laughs> and I still, I still, I, I think I still need some time to understand current Nepali consumer, meaning identifying those pain points and problem statements. For example, I know that the forks and uh, credit cards with USD is a problem. I don't know how you, if you're using Netflix, how you're paying for Netflix. I don't know how you, if you're using iTunes or music, how you're paying for that thing. There are needs that exist these days where we didn't really went into, right? So understanding those points and coming up with solutions or products, that's definitely gonna happen. Uh, what exactly we're going to launch in the next couple of years, I think if even if I would know, I would keep it as a secret. Mm. Just uh, not teasing, but uh, but come up, coming up with those surprises. But, yeah. but you know, starting from September, we'll, you will start hearing what we're doing, what Ansel is about, and we will start reminding the story of Ansel. Unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know, but my... Subjective opinion was that Ansel was a bit quiet over the course of last few years for whatever reasons, mm. right? And it uh, and it actually didn't help uh, both parties, and I'm talking about consumer or business, right? So 
we will start being a bit more open, sharing with the customers what we're planning to do, mm-hmm. learning from customers, engaging with the customers, engaging with other players, and and seeing what we as a responsible industry player can do to 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 push and advance and progress. Hmm. So a lot of a lot of. A lot more. We're definitely going to go ahead and see a lot more. Let me put it that absolutely, way. Absolutely, absolutely. This is such an interesting th- thing that you just pointed out. Uh, Netflix, for example, right? Of course, I use my partner's Netflix, who lives outside this country. Uh, just, just letting you know how it works here. Uh, I want, I want to be that partner. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like as a business, I have to address it because. Yeah, yeah. It would be it would be great. Just an example, just out of example, it would be great to go ahead and have international uh, applications, uh, us access direct direct access to international applications, and that would be a fantastic bridge that uh, Intel will go ahead and play at least for now. Yeah, Th- that would be that would be great. No, I'm, you know, as I mentioned, I'm I'm here for a couple of months. I'm still I know Nepal, but I don't know Nepal. Meaning, ten years gap is yeah. still a huge difference in the country and uh, consumer mindset. So identifying the pain points, seeing how we can actually bundle it, solve it, and offer it to the customer. And if we're going to find that right spot, I'm sure consumer and customer will appreciate. How come it hasn't happened yet that, uh, just touch base, maybe I'm unaware of this, where there's a lot of uh, bundling happening in international uh, countries, other Western countries, let's say, where you buy a cell phone and then the the provider comes along with it, or the provider, you just go to the provider and the provider provides you with uh, cell phones and a plan. Has that ever happened here? I'm not you, trying to put you in the spot no, right no, here. I, I think Isn't that something that we need to look into as well, maybe? Absolutely. Uh, why it didn't happen, maybe you have to answer because I yeah. have no idea. Yeah. I mean, but the point, I mean, in those countries, again, the credit bureau works well. Mm. Meaning if you're going to sign the agreement with me for two years with your passport being there, committing that, you know, I'm going to give you iPhone, but you're going to pay me 100 US dollars a month for next 24 months. Mm which is obviously 50 or $60 per month yeah. goes for iPhone and then 60 or 50 goes for the plan you are in because it might be coming with unlimited connectivity for next 24 months. So it's postpaid contract, contractual mm. bundle. Yeah. Uh, why it's not happening in Nepal and if there is a demand for that, it might be. Why it's not happening, most probably because of that cre- credit bureau uh, mechanism or ecosystem mm. that doesn't exist because mm. you might sign the contract and fly all the way to US for mm-hmm. next five years and then for me it's a loss of a uh, huge amount of money mm-hmm. where you can't do it in US you know mm-hmm. and, or in mm-hmm. European country mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's so true a lot of things need to happen and well somebody has to some, yeah, some, somebody has to challenge somebody has to come up with that solution and obviously that that is the area of opportunity why Intel cannot do it Impossible is nothing. We have to we have to go crack and challenge it. That's so true. And we have to take the responsibility why it didn't happen so far. <laughs> not not I, the whole burden. No, but what, whole, what I'm yeah, saying yeah. when we when I'm saying we, it doesn't mean Ansel alone. We as a nation, we have to take responsibility. Exactly. Why, exactly. Know, and we are part of this society, so there is a share of responsibility of the player as well. Hmm. Uh, why silent for like you just mentioned, right? Why were we slightly silent for a few years? I don't know. We were silent for a few years. 
I mean, I said it, but again, yeah. I, I, put, yeah. I mean, I, I just came. It might be subjective, wrong yeah. impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How is the consumer behavior now, like uh, in terms of uh, using the technology every single day and uh, using the brand every single day? Because as soon as you have, it's a part of you, right? Your, your phone's a part of you. Your telecom provider is a part of you. You, you. you wake up with it and you sleep with it. That's how I see it, you know? Mm. It's, it's with you 24-7 whenever you need it at least in today's age, mm. it's with you mm. all the time. Mm. How are the customers, uh, consumers looking into Encel? What's your perspective in the, in the, in the past five months of uh, being here? What do you really think? Oh, man. Consumer behavior is uh, naturally gravitating towards the cheap things mm. or affordable things. And obviously, Nepal is not an exception being price-sensitive market, right? Uh, when it comes to their behavior towards Encel, uh, we, we see good level of engagement. We see that customers still values the quality. Yeah. So it's not only price, but when it comes to Encel, it's quality. Mm. We are, we're going to provide best customer service. We're going to provide you the best quality as far as we can in the difficult landscape, right? That commitment is on different level. As soon as you, you know, you will hear from me more that, company will become more approachable, meaning that, you know, anybody will be able to write directly to me as a CEO. Mm. So I will be really watching how happy our customers are. And that is going to put the different level of responsibility for my stuff acting as a customer centric company, right? Mm. Uh, hearing your customers, serving your customer, addressing their pain points at the best level you can is mantra. Uh, yeah, I think Encel is well-recognized brand for the quality, and we, are, you know, we are very much committed to continue doing our best to to provide that best quality of mm. service. Mm. Can we do better? Absolutely. Do we need support from customer? Do we need support from the regulator? Do we need support from the others? government? Yeah, definitely we need. And again, we ready to act responsibly. So it's it is back to the country back to the society um, 18 years in uh, nepal is it uh, now the teenage years are almost almost uh, coming to an end it's like a coming of age yeah does Encel feel like that i you know um there is a consumer life cycle <laughs> there is a human being life cycle yeah. and there are there there is a company life cycle meaning that you know we as a human being we are we're born as a beautiful kid, right? Before we becoming teens, mm. we we're becoming. I mean, we're so such lovely individuals, and then we we're teenagers, we're all the hormones, and it's like we're all what the heck happened with this angel, right? And then and then you're adult when mm. you're turning eighteen. So I think it's more or less applicable for the companies as well. At the beginning, Ansel came with a purple color, beautiful kid, doing things that. You know, come, making your dreams come true. Then you, then you step into the teenager, and now you're adult. So I think, I think uh, it's a big milestone. First of mm. all, for anyone, including Encel, we definitely going to come up with something. Uh, it's going to happen in September, so not far away. Um, I think company will act way more responsibly, and I'm not saying it wasn't it was irresponsible. Yeah. But what I'm saying now is, this identity is pretty much set. Ansel is Nepal. Ansel is here for Nepal, for you, right? And we will do, we're committed. We're committed 
to continue addressing the needs of the country, addressing the needs of the Nepali people, mm. and continue doing our best to provide the best quality of service, enabling access to things that are difficult to get access to as of today. Netflix is a non-exception. Maybe there are some other things, right? So coming up with those solutions for majority of Nepalese mm. is going to be is going to be maybe the vision for the next couple of years. Mm. Mm. No, that, that's very interesting. I was, I was reading up on a few things and uh, 2022-2023 mm. new locations were uh, added, right? Mountain Hills, Tarai, Raswab, Dailik, Bajang, Sirahadi. A lot of places were added. That's what I that's what I was reading up on. In the in the foreseeable future, as as the CEO, will you be traveling to a, uh, places across uh, the country? Absolutely. I mean, I've been here for four, for what three four months. Yeah. I've been already. I had two field trips. I you know, the only way and with all due respect to Kathmandu, but as soon as you go outside of Kathmandu, there are so many beautiful places. So being selfish human being, I'm gonna travel because it's just beautiful. This country is beautiful. From business perspective traveling to the regions, traveling to the provinces, uh, districts, meeting people and understanding them better will help me t- in, in my decision-making process. Exactly, that's what right. I was so de- Yeah, so definitely, definitely. Field trips at least once a month. What is more interesting, I'm going to stress my management to spend more time outside because that's where your customer is, not in the beautiful building we, we're blessed to have, right? But yeah, the business is outside. So streets and uh, regions... I've been many places in Nepal already because I've yeah. been here 10 years ago, right? But yeah. yeah, refreshing my memories and going out. And uh, meeting that one co- customer who goes ahead and uses uh, the yeah. service that you provide. Yeah, and you wouldn't believe, but my 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 own experience, Nepali people are very smart. The things that are like on surface and you don't see, they will, they will be able to explain to you that, you know, sometimes they will tell, I think your antenna is like not in a good angle. Mm. The signal is not here. 4G, 3G, 2G. They know the technology. So, yeah, field trips are usually always when you come back, you think, why I didn't do it before? Meaning that, you know, every time you come back with hell of, I mean, a lot of ideas. Mm. So, yeah, traveling, coming back, making sure that lessons learned translate into action and making sure that you execute because sometimes those trips might be absolutely useless if if there is no consequences, meaning there is no translation into the changes that business needs. Mm-hmm. You, used, you used the word transformation that I don't really like, because mm-hmm. transformation usually is a very painful process, even mm-hmm. for, for yourself, if you want mm-hmm. to get muscles and go to gym, like, mm-hmm. it and takes do, time. And do it too much for the, over the, over the, it's painful, not pleasant process. So I, I really use the word evolution, mm. right? Which is smooth and consistent. And uh, and I think that's what's going to be happening when we turn 18, or it's happening already. Yeah. We're evolving. So, so, yeah, keep your eyes on us. Watch me. We definitely will. We definitely will. A uh, few things that I wanted to touch base on. Uh, of course, uh, if, uh, we're used to having unlimited internet. Mm-hmm. Unlimited. Mm-hmm. There's no stoppage of internet at all. Uh, you pay once, and then you don't have to worry about internet for X amount of time, maybe a month, maybe mm-hmm. a year. Mm-hmm. Um, in the future, will uh, something like that be coming as well, where you don't have to worry about uh, internet um, at all for a month, a year from Encel itself as well? 
I think I think you I mean we even today we have some plans uh-huh. that are giving some unlimited uh, features, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, if consumer will need it definitely it will come, right? But uh, unlimited is misused word mm-hmm. or very well used word from marketing perspective. Just to be 100% honest, there is nothing in this world which is unlimited. There is nothing free and nothing mm-hmm. unlimited, right? So it's limited geographically, it's limited time-wise, it's limited technology-wise. You know, I can keep going. Mm. Unlimited is a marketing word, but the point here is to address your needs in an unlimited manner. So you, you as a consumer, if you want to pay and forget, mm. if I will be able to address it, yeah. yes. Yeah. Because yeah. at the end of the game, you, you as a person, maybe you don't want to be bothered. You just want to be connected. You want to be online 24 by 7. And you don't want to think about this. That's my job to take care of you. And that's a good deal to close. It's, uh, it's all about the price. I mean, we're ending up with the price. In the future, a lot of things coming. Absolutely. Right. Uh, in the Western world, whenever I travel to the Western world, there's a lot of conversation about uh, data security and data mm. privacy. Uh, is my data secure or not? Uh, in the foreseeable future, we're definitely going to be talking about that here as well. Maybe we're not talking about that now, but we will be talking about that in the foreseeable future. I, I, mm. I'm, I'm 100% sure about that. Mm. Uh, how secure are we on today's state when it comes to our data and our uh, cybersecurity? Um, cybersecurity is a big topic. Uh, Ansel is certified across the board on all our operations to guarantee that security that it won't be breached mm. okay uh, when it comes to privacy and personal information that won't be compromised that's kind of another mantra mm. even me being a CEO I won't have access to any of the personal data of any of my consumer because there are protocols procedures and there are logs so any misuse will be captured and will be punished because we have internal control functions and we have fraud and you know we have a lot of controlling functions internally when it comes to the risk of being hacked i think that risk is monitored on weekly daily monthly basis with a lot of penetration tests when we're trying to hack ourselves that risk is monitored and controlled and managed right but uh, it's going to be a big topic across the world and industries and obviously will a lot of attention will come into that specific subject right i think Encel has a good expertise and we definitely can share what should be done not only within our own industry but in any other areas where mm. government might be interested or you know any corporate house might be interested because that's not their core expertise you know what i mean right mm-hmm. so so that knowledge will be available, meaning that you know we're happy to be part of any discussions and do the contribution we can. But for the moment, when it comes to Encel customers, none. And obviously, we will be very compliant with the land of uh, the local regulation, meaning if there is investigation, there is a court order. You know, then we have to be compliant. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you know we 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 can't break the law. So mm. compliance uh, with international regulation, compliance with the local regulation is going to be the key. Mm. Mm. Fair enough. 
giving back to <laughs> giving back to the society is of course uh, the CSR initiative is definitely there. Future plans of uh, giving uh, it's not that you're not giving back to society just as a CSR initiative. Oh, uh, we have a huge problem. Mm. Every year we're spending percent or some good amount of money mm. in uh, in our CSR. I'm not sure if everyone understands the CSR, but it's a corporate social responsibility, meaning that you know we're doing something which is non-profitable, yeah. giving back to the communities. You know, so far we invested a lot of money. We're going to disclose that figure soon. Right? Okay. And we're committed to continue investing. Soon we're going to launch a program when we're going to actually ask every province to apply for grant. Hmm. Right. We're going to set up the criteria. We're going to make it very transparent. And we're going we, to work with different communities identifying those projects. It doesn't mean that we can do everything, but it's going to be that commitment is there, was there, and will be there. A lot, a lot of good projects on schools, education. I'm, I'm actually thinking how we can help the nation. And it, it, again, this is on idea stage. Yeah. It's yet to be discussed with the Ministry of Education and other stakeholders. But why we cannot introduce uh, basic coding into the school's curriculum, right? We, we want to build a digital nation. And obviously, there is a huge amount of work that players like us can help the government to train the new generation. Because whatever we do today is... For the next generation. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. So why we cannot start teaching seven-year-old kid, Nepali kid, on basic uh, coding language? And then train the teachers, train... Okay. Mm. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Train, train the, you know, high schoolers, and then pick up the best and employ them. I mean, there are so many things we can do. Because, well, yeah, well, you're eight, well, until 18, and it would be a perfect time to go ahead and, Absolutely. you know, uh, work towards the younger generation as well. And that's something that would be, uh, that's something that would be fantastic to go ahead and see. Yeah. We, we need more engineers. We go ahead and need, definitely in the future, we'll need more coders as well. And we, well, we will need almost uh, every aspect of uh, kids who are going to be working in digital in the future. Yeah. That yeah. is the future. Absolutely. That is the future, no shadow of a doubt on that. Uh, no, I'm really excited for that. And 18 years now, uh, I heard there are celebrations happening very soon as well. Uh, yes, we, we're going to be announcing a lot of things in coming months, which is September this year. Um, yeah, it is very exciting. But, but the main uh -huh. thing, maybe I can't share everything, yeah, right? Yeah. So Anything with that me. you can share. <laughs> but, but what we're going to do is... This is 18 years of Encel, but celebration is going to be mostly based on celebrating our customers, celebrating our partners, appreciating that this 18 years of us doing it together. You know, as I mentioned, the future depends on all of us, not on Encel alone. And the past and success and the story is everything to do with the same stakeholders. So on that day, we were definitely going to announce a lot of things through the media, but that day, entire management, including myself, we're going to be out with the customers, serving with the partners, and spending that day celebrating them. Our our 16 million loyal customers who have been with us, who have made and sell, and uh, who who are very loyal and will be with us in coming at least 15 years, if not more. Right. So. The future is in our hands and hands of our customers, and we definitely very much committed to 
to you know to appreciate it and work mm. with that. No, that's fantastic. One thing that uh, you mentioned earlier, I just wanted to touch base on that right at the end. You said that your customers can get in touch with you. Mm. Uh, is there an email that they can send you directly, which is going to reach you, or is there anything specific that you have in mind or your team has in mind? Uh, now you're making me to disclose things that I have to disclose. <laughs> but yeah, no, we're going to come up. Um, we're going to come up with a channel, okay. and it's not going to be email. Okay. Right. It's not going to be email. As I told you, transparency, yeah. accessibility, yeah. something easier, very easy, and yeah. very you know customer centric. That is going to be announced on that day, yeah. right? But they can write to me. But again, it's not that they they can escalate to me. Mm. Meaning. Okay, I, there is a problem or there is a thing, yeah. and I tried to call center. I I went to the front office. I I kind of tried the regular processes, yeah. and it just didn't work. And I'm still unsatisfied customer. Mm. So as escalation point, it will be there. Okay. And I will have. I mean, we will we will start, and I will see. Who knows? Maybe I'm going to have hundred thousand messages every day. <laughs> it's it's a big commitment. I don't know how it's going to work. But yeah. the thing is, I will have access. I will read them and I will answer them personally. I'm not. It depends. Yeah. Hundred thousand. I might not be able. But the thing, what is going to be very important is, I will be exposed to every single escalation personally, meaning that that should put some not pressure, mm-hmm. some responsibility to my to entire system that it can get escalated. And it's not threatening mechanism, but it's a it's a accountability and responsibility mechanism. Mm. That because I'm gonna go and start dealing with those things. And some of them might be you fix one and it's like hundred thousand side rest. Mm, of course. Uh, and at the same point in time that's gonna be the platform of uh, communicating what actually I'm doing. Am I just enjoying life, working hard. Oh, you know, at the end of the game, we all are human beings, despite having the title and designation that is, that is kind of secondary for me. So, so yeah. It's going to be a hands-on approach. Uh, yeah. I don't want hands-on. It's not a micromanagement, if mm. you know what I mean, right? Yeah. I don't want to go there. I trust my people and I think the team and self professionals, I mean, we are blessed to have people who work for us. It's, it's about, having direct communication and touch with your customer mm. and mostly those who are not happy because mm. I'm not sure if everyone will write to me thank you you're so great <laughs> you're doing a great job you know there are some customers who actually do yeah. that right yeah. but 90 percent definitely going to be I have a problem here I have a problem there and being honest with your customer if you can fix it and being honest if you can't fix it and telling them mm. the truth that you know there are things that we can't address yet mm. thank you and uh, some of them might say uh, you know, and some of them will understand. But this honesty and, yeah, honesty is very important. No shadow of doubt on that. And uh, I still remember having this conversation with you when I was sitting in your office saying, well, anything and everything that I do for uh, the remainder of my life is going to be mostly in digital. And, uh, well, uh, you're right there providing that service. So thank you very much for that. And uh, uh, it's uh, at the end of the day, it's everything about time. And how are we going to go ahead and spend our time to make sure that uh, the country progresses? That's what I work towards every yeah. single day. And thank you very much for uh, saying the same, uh, uh, sitting in this table as well. And thank you very much for giving back and being back. Thank you. 
Thank you for having me. I mean, the reason I think the reason I came back is is still yet to be answered. I mean, Time. there is something destiny. There is something that brought me back. So let's see what is that. Time, time. Give it time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No rush. Digital Nepal. It's uh, definitely um, uh, something that we have to work towards. And uh, thank you very much for one more time uh, being here. And uh, best of luck. We started our conversation with luck. Sometimes we all need that luck. Absolutely. And uh, 18 years of Encel and uh, the celebrations. Lots of things coming. So I'm really, we're, we're all really excited for this. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Uh, you know, you are really great host with good questions. Try and try. No, but then the thing is, uh, I really enjoy time spent with you, um, the questions. So thank you very much for having me and uh, helping me to tell the story. Great. And I'm just trying to learn here. So thank you very much. Sir. <laughs> awesome. X. Perfect. <laughs>